Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon for a second podcast. Because yeah, all the other podcasters, they're like, oh Six Nations is on, let's uh, let, let, let's make sure we do an episode now. <laughs> We've done that as well, in fairness, but we are bringing you another extra bit of content because we really do care about the grassroots game and we're going to demonstrate that right now. JB's in the rugby dungeon with his uh, with his... Only fans bare feet on. That's right. Do you want me to take a good uh, shot? Why has this, why has this triggered something in, in my memory? Did you see the yes. article that I shared about the guy with the OnlyFans page? No, the story. The story. The, yeah, was it a couple. A couple. Sort of OnlyFans page. And sort of ended up with like five grand. Who, yeah. yeah. It, who, was, who, it was his, his wife suggested that maybe she could make some money for them by going on OnlyFans. And then... She then he wasn't sure about her, understandably, going, no, I don't want people to look at you like that. And she said, what about feet? Yeah, feet's okay. And she said, you've got nicer feet than me. <laughs> Let's paint your nails. So she then- shaved up to the knee. <laughs> <Paint Yeah. nails. laughs> and he made, he made them a load of cash with his feet. So there is a guy, uh, and probably he's a very nice guy, normal, normal guy except there's one thing, which is his fetish for feet, right? And uh, talking about Rob uh, Rex Ryan or Rob uh, the former New York Jets. Well, he head coach. he got done for something like that. Well, not done, but there's some awkward recordings. So anyway, this guy does actually approach the England team for their socks, and the same guy approached me when all the foot fetish stuff things started <laughs> kicking off. So I don't know if he listens to the pod. Normal, normal guy. We all have our predilections. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, they they walk hey, among us, Tim. You do you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. What, what you do in the comfort of your own room is none of my business. Well, as long as you're transferring me cash. <laughs> <laughs> I have not accepted any cash for feet. So as I was saying, this is our um, sexual fetish uh, spin-off pod episode. Uh-huh. Uh, no, this is uh, grassroots. So uh, the, I was going to say that the talk of the tackle law change has gone away. It was frustratingly very, very present on BBC broadcasts this weekend. Um, that, that that did annoy me somewhat. It's How much of the Wales Island build-up was dedicated to... they don't to have a clue what the they're doing. Height. They don't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, I think now, people are sort of listening to the noise and they're parroting the noise, but they're not actually concentrating on what the substance of the matter is. Right, so I was going to jump straight, if it's all right with you, Phil, mm. jump straight to JB, because J- J- JB's phone is constantly on the go, speaking to people... You're right. You're in the thick of what is going on at the grassroots level. What's happening? Well, yeah. So let's just take this sort of back a step, right? So what is happening is every councilman and everyone who voted for this change is covering their arse by sending out a Ross Tucker Patreon post where Ross Tucker very articulately explains the whole journey of where they've got with this tackle law and how they arrived there. And it's wonderfully written, and it's a great bit of narrative writing because it just explains where they've been. doesn't really tell you why we need to do this. just tells you where they've been. Mm. So if you read it, you end up reading something like... What do you reckon it is, Phil? What, 2,000 words? Yeah, easy. It's a good 20-minute-plus um, read. It's, it's yeah. a good, good bit of content to digest. It might even be more than 2,000 words. But people are not digesting it. So what they are doing is saying, it's been peer-reviewed. What has been peer-reviewed? Um you know, the uh, the science is on our side. What science is on this your is side? This is a fascinating 
element that's emerged in the last few years, hasn't it? This isn't it. Peer, this peer-reviewed this science, this data. It's it's odd. Yeah, I, I have no issue with the science. I think yeah. the science is absolutely rock solid. Yeah, but they're just not interpreting it right. So, well, no, they are interpreting it right. This is the maddening thing, right? It's there for everybody to see. We have spoken about it. Ross has said on Twitter, and when I've spoke to him, he has said that the individual risk is acceptable. Let's just say that again. Let's say that again. So everybody going to their council meeting can understand what I am saying. The individual risk has not changed. It is substantially lower in the pro game. And it uh, is... Higher in the pro game. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Higher, 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 sorry, lo- sorry lower, lower in, in the, the amateur, amateur game. Than right? in the pro game. And it is acceptable. Right? We need just to repeat that over and over again because people are not getting this through their thick heads. And if, if, it's, if it's not acceptable to you as an individual, you don't have to play. Exactly. No, no one is forcing you to play. So why is it that this thing has come about? So I'm not going to talk about all the sort of more conspiratorial things, which I do believe, like you know, the <laughs> one thing to get rid of amateur rugby and the ones to build consumer, consumer base and all that. Mm-hmm. Let's just stick to the actual facts, the actual science. The reason the world, rug, reason world rugby and the RFU have gone down this route, and this it blows my mind when I say this, but they'll admit it. They have admitted it, is because the more people... They're exposed to a risk, the less acceptable that that risk... Sorry, the the lower the acceptable risk has to be. So they're taking a game which has been played for 100 years plus, and they're lowering the risk today, yet the game hasn't changed. Why? What is it that you're doing? And they all say, because, well, so many people play this game, we need to lower the risk. And effectively, all it comes down to is a public health argument. I can't see any more substance in this. Now, I truly understand everything about it other than a public health argument, which is, well, you know, it's going to take up uh, time with the NHS. It's going to take up uh, work days. It's going to say, well, but they're it all, was ever thus. They're, they're also concerned about the, the lawsuits. They're lying about that. Right. Well, if they, yeah, they're, they're not concerned about the lawsuits. I mean, the, everybody with half a brain knows that an amateur rugby player is going to be mostly unsuccessful with a lawsuit unless it is literally me telling you as like a superior yeah. or someone in the club, get back on that field now. But even even if you, even if you're incredibly successful, if the um, RFU World Rugby are incredibly successful in the lawsuits, it could still cost them millions of pounds. Yeah, but... That, that's what they're concerned about. Because I, I, I tend to agree with you that those lawsuits would be incredibly hard to prove. Yeah. Um, the the, 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 one that the, the bar be... for success is so high because you would have to prove uh, that there was negligence, as in the RFU specifically knew loads of information and deliberately withheld it from all the clubs. Yeah. and uh, all, the one, all, Yeah, exactly. The one right, bit we... that I would be nervous about if I was World Rugby would be, and we spoke about this on a pod a while ago, they changed the concussion protocols. Uh, they've, they've changed many times, but they changed it. So I remember I got um, knocked out with a massive black eye when I was like 10 years old, playing in, on uh, Sedgley um, in the mid-90s. I had three weeks off. And until like the, the standard um, guidance for any concussion or, or certainly any knockout between, well, f- since forever until about the mid-2000s was mandated three weeks off and then it changed to the concussion protocols which actually led to some players playing again in four days that would be the bit now i'm, I'm not yeah. saying but that is it seems like they the phrase i used ages ago was like they were behind the science at that point at that point they probably had a better understanding than they did in the 70s 80s whenever the three-week law um, rule came in and they still chose to um allow people back earlier or at least put in different parameters to potentially allow people back earlier. But but this maybe does ob- obfuscate from what's going on, because mm. what they're saying is this is the evidence. Uh, the evidence doesn't show anything. And the evidence doesn't. Uh, doesn't show anything. It, it's, it's, thing. It, it is a fascinating study. You mentioned it before, Tim. It's a fascinating study of something that's happened recently that, uh, probably not just recently, but I think it's become more acute recently, where people, different sides of one argument will be presented the same piece of evidence and people arguing one way will say, see, that proves I'm right. People arguing the other way will say, see, that proves I'm right yeah. or, or it, it, it proves nothing. And kind of neither people are reading into it whatever they want. Yeah, the public health risk is ridiculous, right? So let me just run you through the public health risk. So this is kind of how public health boards uh, work. This is how they're twisted little minds go but 
in some in some areas it makes sense. So the idea is, hey, if, if I drive, the risk is acceptable. If you drive, it's acceptable. But what happens if we expand it over a million people or two million people or 70 million people? What happens? Well, the overall cases of people crashing and dying will always, will always increase because the amount of absolute incidents, you know, that, that will happen. Okay? So people use um, driving as a good analogy. It's an absolute dreadful analogy. No doubt there'll be people up and down the country trying to cover their arse for their terrible voting record using this analogy. The reason it doesn't work is a few reasons. Number one, um, driving and crashing, or should I say crashing, is not an intrinsic part of driving, right? You, you, you don't go out to crash a car. So that, that, that would be the first one. Second of all, driving is mandatory. Like, if you want a good quality of living, you probably need to drive. I'm not saying you can't do it without, but you probably do need to drive. It's a very important thing for a lot of jobs. And secondly, there are things in driving which can make it safer without necessarily any real effort on your part. For instance, seatbelts, airbags, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're all perfectly normal. And actually, that's a great example of the public health thinking actually working. But then you apply it to rugby, which is exactly what they've done. I mean, you can't make this up, actually. When you think about it, it's so absurd. Unless the, NH- have the NHS been on the phone saying we desperately need to drop the amount of concussions. I mean, I don't know why this is now a thing. But... We need to we need to drop the concussions of of each team by 0.125 a season. <laughs> That's it. So every every seven years we need one fewer concussion per team. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, stats. Uh, you, you do think like, are we? What kind of society do we want to live in? What where we have to just run our day to day life in order to please the health service? No, thank you. Um, and, and the point you made brilliantly, and I will just direct you to the um, uh, what's it called? The offload. The off the offload Rugby podcast. Pass offload. Rugby pass offload podcast, where JB and Ross Tucker had a very congenial um, debate coming from different angles, and I think you actually won Ross over to your side somewhat. I don't think there's much winning Ross over. To be no, fair. I no. think he's on. I think he's probably speaking on, on side. I, I don't think Ross Tucker. Right. So Ross Tucker, the person that's being held up and the name that suddenly everyone knows and uses. We, you guys, have been talking about him for years and his his good work. Um, but he uh, he is not in favour of, of this law change. Is what is he didn't say that, but that, that's what I was reading between the lines when well, I listened to him. He's in he's, yeah. in, he's in favour of something being done. He's not in favour of what the RFU have proposed. Yeah, the first certainly not the first iteration. Definitely not the first it, uh, uh, iteration. I don't think he says that explicitly. No, I think if you listen to our in- interview, there's a tacit acknowledgement that the only argument for this change is a public health one. Um, uh, yeah, and, that, that's that's the point I was going to yeah, make. Yeah, the what, only argument for it. I think what you got across really well, and actually Ross has even tweeted, uh, I hadn't thought of this, but JB is absolutely right, and what he said at the time is that all the other variables like uh, confidence, um, mm. uh, uh, oh, 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 all the other benefits of rugby, yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, dis- discipline, discipline teamwork. fitness, health. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. no doubt he gets it. I have no doubt. But his job is here's some science. You know, you do with this as you will. And if he if he works with the science that he's created, he thinks that you should drop the tackle height. He also says that hey, if you don't bring people with you, it's pointless. Yeah, and yeah. currently the RFU have got seventy thousand signatures against them, and, he, and a shed load of votes. Hopefully, he mentioned this as an example of. Exactly how not to to bring yeah. people with you, how to turn people against you immediately, and that's it. well. I mean, just don't change the game unless you're going to talk directly to the uh, players who play it. And I'm going to not call them stakeholders because stakeholders is a nonsense term, which means nothing. The shareholders, because if you play pay your subs to your club, your club then owns a part of the R, of, of, of the RFU. The RFU owns a part of World Rugby. Let's not forget who owns who here. World Rugby don't own the game, RFU don't own the game, your club d- doesn't own the game, you own you own the game as a player, as someone who pays their subs. This stakeholder nonsense is exactly that. If you're not playing, shut up. It's not for you. Coaching, playing, volunteering, do, doing something with your club, those are, the, those are the people that the rugby authorities are meant to be serving. Not themselves, not their free expenses, nothing like that. It's players. So... With rugby, uh, uh, contrasting it to driving, yes, the contact is mandatory. That's part of the part of the experience. Um, oh, do you know Eddie Stevens, rugby round to banter? He used a brilliant phrase, which I'm going to I'm going to use, and you sh- you should take as well. I thought he put it brilliantly when he said, "What did he say?" He said, um, "He said everyone talks about all the, oh, the risk versus the reward," and he said, "The risk 
is the reward. It is exactly right. <laughs> it's really yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. but brilliant. That is a good way of saying it. Like yeah. the, the seatbelt analogy doesn't work because actually changing your game fundamentally is like the equivalent of not driving or you know to do something far far more inconvenient than sim- simply belting up. Um, and of course, the most important one is it's not mandatory. You don't have to play. And I think the final one, right, which really cooks this argument, is imagine if like. Everybody, and this to a degree has started to happen, um, gets into coastal water sports, paddleboarding. Uh, now, paddleboarding is, again, perfectly safe. But if we have several thousand idiots on the North Wales coast paddleboarding <laughs> every single day, there will be fatalities. And sadly, 100%, yeah, 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 there yeah. was a fatality recently around North Wales. Um, and it's awful. And, but, you know, more people paddleboard, water is dangerous, Right. It's that sort of thing. So, you know, with, with paddleboarding, you probably don't want everyone paddleboarding, right? Well, if we are to believe the propaganda coming out of the RFU, rugby participation numbers have halved. So if they've halved, have we not solved the problem anyway? <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it's, it? Yeah, and there is, there is an element of this that... <laughs> If if you you made this argument somewhere else, I don't think it was with Ross. I think it was after that. Um, that if particip- participation is falling, that has the um, well, it achieves the desired effect of reducing concussions and yeah. reducing overall risk. It has other um, related collateral effects that are negative, but that's not necessarily like if you're looking at it from a pure risk risk point of view. Fewer people playing means fewer uh, chance of head. Well, yeah, so it's the same chance, but fewer overall head injuries. Yes, yeah, so I guess you'd be looking at rugby hours of rugby played on the weekend, and if that's dropped too, I mean, there is no, there's no good argument for it, really. So then you can dance this absolutely perverse. Well, that's only as you say if you if your equation is x equals uh, y and no other variables are allowed. Yeah, because you've got two metrics, right? You've got you know concussions per rugby hour. Okay, well, we know what those are because of the studies. And then, I guess, if you want to scale that up and increase the amount of concussions, you need more rugby hours. If you've got less less rugby hours, who cares? Now, we've got this horrible mindset of let's grow the game. I will never say that again because I'm now completely convinced I don't want to grow the game. I want people to play it who want to play it. And I don't care if you want to play a soft version of it. I don't care if you don't want to get your hands hurt. I don't, I don't, you know, if, if that's the sort of game you want to play, there are other games for you. Go and play that one. Because... By growing the game, according to the logic of the p- public health lobby and the RFU, means you've got to lower the acceptable risk. Well, thankfully, the RFU have done a great job of um, uh, getting rid of players. But are we saying are we saying we want to grow it for the sake of it? Or are we saying we want to grow it because the things that rugby entails are deeply special and important to us? We, we get a lot out of it. But ironically, the more that we grow it, the more of those special things we're going to take away from the new participants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'd also argue, and this is the context in which I see rugby at the minute, My, I've, with a 15-year-old son, I see that there, and I've, I haven't watched him grow up, I see there is a, a massive need and a hunger in young men to have outlets like, oh, like rugby. Of course. And I don't think people are very comfortable with that. I've mm. been, been over that one before. Here's some news. Bill Sweeney's been calling pe- pe- people up. Um, so... Uh, Bill Sweeney reached out to me not so long ago uh, for other things. Uh, this is the way he operates. He sort of tries to get people on side. He's a very, very convivial guy. If you ever speak to him, he's very sort of smooth and you know, he's, good. he's easy to talk uh, to. I'm sorry to do this on the podcast. I'm just going to tell you something. I'm going to turn the microphones down. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But that does stack up because wow. of where he's from. Wow. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's really... I hate... That's that's a really annoying <laughs> thing to do. But I've, I've been, First cousin. I keep... No. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't, okay. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah. So he's been calling people who are very, very involved in this fight against this tackle change to try and get them on side. And do you know what he's saying? He's saying basically he's not in favour favour of the changes. So this guy, what? Has, so this guy, right, has thrown his council underneath. Well, uh. he's made the council vote for it. He's then calling around people who are involved with fighting the changes to say, do you know what? Yeah, I, I was never really in favour. Of all this, I can give you seven hundred thousand reasons why he's why he's doing that, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking like just be careful with this guy because he's obviously saying to the council he wants them to go in one direction. He's trying to sort of pacify the resistance by sounds like deceiving them. Um, so a very 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 bizarre bloke. Um, 
We are going to have our meeting for Lancashire. Yeah, this is what I want to get into. Right, so we've got an update. So, so nothing really has changed beyond like a really good... Um, I think you gave the community game argument really well. Ross Tucker, actually, I, I heard him being very very in understanding of what you were saying. And that and that's really... There's not been a lot of development since. So now we're getting into all these meetings which are starting to happen, which the one for Lancashire is at Liverpool-St. Helens on, Wednesday, is. on Wednesday night. And I'm looking forward to anybody trying to educate me about the science. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. I mean, that is I'm telling be you, that's what they're going to do. They're going to spend most of the meetings... Best of luck. ...trying to sell it. Yeah, and um, they're going to have no joy on this at all because... Unlike them, I've actually spoken to the scientists that put it all together. And I think I've got a far better understanding than they have. And they just keep on pushing out the same article because they don't understand what they're doing. Now, there are bigger crimes, would you believe it, than voting for this change. And I think the biggest crime that the council have to answer to is not understanding their constituents, not standing up for them, not standing up for the game, not being able to communicate why the game is important. And this is why they've ended up in the situation that they are. And if they dare tell you... This goes to anyone now going to their county meetings. They dare tell you they're future-proofing the game or something nonsense like, like that. Just remind them, they did such a bad job representing people that they know, spent their lives around, could easily easily consult, and apparently are part of that actual cohort. They did such a bad job of representing them. What sort of arrogance would it take to think that they know what the best options are for eight-year-olds currently playing tag rugby in ten years' time. They seem like the least qualified people to, <laughs> to, 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 to future-proof the game. So future-proofing doesn't work, the science doesn't work, the reasoning for it doesn't work, growing the game, it's not... I mean, what are you going to grow? What are you going to grow? Like, a, a version of netball. As a head coach in uh, my, my league referred to it, it should be called uh, rugby ball. And he's got a point, because... You're just going to hit contact, you're going to offload, it's going to be much more free-flowing. It'll be lots of things, but it will not be rugby. It will not be rugby. How do you think that meeting is going to go before you get there? Because I've got an image in my head of how it's going to go. And I, I've, I've, my sense is that you're going to come away feeling incredibly frustrated, like you weren't able to be heard because there were too many voices talking about too much crap and they spent loads of the meeting trying to convince you of why they were right. Yeah, I would like to get a little bit of time to talk. I'm sure they'll try and limit that time, so you need to be very concise with your points, and the points are basically this. Lowering the tackle, low, lowering concussions in our league from a theoretical 19.6 to a 16.2 is not my idea of safety. You know, if, if 19... If 19. How, many seven, teams are, how many teams are in your league? Uh, I think it's 12. All right, well, I'll, 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 do the, I'll crunch the numbers and give you the numbers for your league so yeah. that when you go and talk about it, you can say... Well, we'll just use the actual numbers. We'll yeah. just use, use the No, no, numbers. but that, 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 those numbers, the 19.7 to 14.4, is, is based on 14, 14. teams. Yeah, but yeah. there are 14 team leagues in Lancashire, so, yeah. you know, it okay. doesn't really matter. Um, so, it can't be that. So, other changes have to be coming down the road following that. So, you need to make a stand right now. Uh, and also, the French trial was um, had other things like no double tackles, mm-hmm. uh, it had uh, rules around. So we're not even looking at the reduction of the French trials. So why are you doing it? Have you noticed as well that, that, that there's holes all of a sudden in this foolproof argument that they love it in France? There's just holes being blown in that bucket all the time. It's just not time. true. It's just not true. Yeah. People are desperate not to play level seven in France. <laughs> Desperate, and they're not enforcing those rules as they are. They're, from what I gather, the coaches hate it. The players don't like it. They're not really enforcing it. Uh, it's, it seems like a well. It's come from a very sad place. This set of rules, because yeah, of course. It was four four guys dying in one year. Now they mm. say from head, head injuries. I mean, to me, I mean, I get it if it's four guys every year, but four. Guys, I mean, I don't know how this came about. We've never had a year like that in English rugby. Not, not, no. a, not, not a decade. Oh, sure. no, but but no. you do, you do understand it was the like things like uh, Matt Hampson and a couple of high, a uh, couple of uh, it, um, spinal injuries as a result of scrums that prompted the scrum safety engagement to be changed. Yeah, mm. uh, scrum is probably a good, a good, a good example of changes for the better and for the worse. So for the better, well, we've not had another Matt Hampson, so that's obviously a great thing. Mm-hmm. For the worse, though. The slower you make the engagement, the more deliberate, the more processed you make it, the more focused the athlete needs to be and the less people can do it. And like the example I give is, say, if you look at a sport like wrestling, like wrestling is actually really, really safe because they remove all of the bits from wrestling 
I'm not talking about WWE, of course, it's not like the Olympic style, <laughs> right? Or, or freestyle wrestling. They remove all the dangerous bits, like all the locks, all the mm-hmm. snapping of joints, chokes, so on and so forth, right? And because of that, you've just got these absolute mutants who are incredible at cardio, incredible at strength. And if you're not that sort of sort of athlete, you, you can't wrestle. There is no room for, um, like, you know, the jiu-jitsu guy or the judo guy. It's just that. And it's the same with scrimmaging now. So at the very top level, all of these laws have meant that because of the engagement process, you've got these, what, six foot, well, I was going to say five foot by five foot by five foot, but they're more like six foot by five foot by five foot now. They're absolutely enormous and we'll never go away from that. So it shows as you make the rules more specialist, the athletes too get more specialist. I, I also think the scrum's a perfect example that, that that actually proves your fundamental point, that it isn't an issue in the amateur level. Yeah. Because again, I refereed an under 15 game today. Loads of scrums. Not a single collapse. Mm. I've... Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Phil, you've played in levels, even up to like you know, a national one. It ha- there's hardly ever a collapse. When you watch, the, the when you watch international is, rugby, it, it happens a lot more. Yeah, the, the collapse is one of those big things that we're, like, we've spoken, Jay, you've spoken many times about the divergence of the... Um, higher level game, the pro game, and everything mm. else. The scrums is a great example because in in the pro game, and I think it's my intuition tells me it's got a tiny bit better recently. But for the longest time, and it's still not great. But for the longest time, you would often get two or three resets before you get a live scrum. In, yeah, in the in the pro game, do you know why that international is? level? Do you know why it was that they used to about they used to collapse so much? Um, Part of the gamesmanship because it was I a lottery; guess. they could win a penalty. Yeah, no. The reason was, um, and this was discovered by an aerospace manufacturer. Wow! Um, when they were engaging, this is a study in France. So, sorry. So, what they did, just a bit of background, is I want to say the aerospace company. Come back to me. Not Dassault. It was another one. Uh, Thales or Thales or however you say it. They built a, scrim- a scrimmaging machine for the French. On, yeah, like I've hydraulics. Heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. And it could rep- it could replicate all the other teams, and it gave them data back. And the data was they were hitting the scrum so hard, it wasn't that they were games; they were bouncing out of yeah. opposition and then collapsing. But so it, that's so why they changed it. That was a big thing. That was changed in maybe twenty fifteen or so. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the hit more recently. There's still been huge numbers of collapses, and I, I think at I think the elite level, at the elite level, I think more of it is to do with certainly these days. I definitely agree. It was the hit. More of it, it was to do with gamesmanship. If you were, if you were um, on the opposition's line and you wanted a penalty, well, surely you're not going to collapse because you've got good attacking ball, are you? Yeah. Therefore, the collapse must be the or defensive equally, if, team. If you're getting, and I, I've been in a scrum, I've played hooker when we've done this, so I've been, yeah. well, I've been one of the people diving there with their uh, putting their head on the deck. We're getting you're getting pumped in the scrum, and you just go, well, let's, let's yeah. Take, so, this, take this down, and it becomes fifty fifty then. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas actually, you're guaranteed to get a penalty if you don't go down. If you go down, you might get the odd one. Yeah, I've done this in a playoff final. So I was up against a guy who you know, Phil, called Sammy the Snake. Played yeah. what, what was the highest level that he played? He played so, um, probably tier three. So tier three, I'm in a tier seven playoff looking to get to tier he's six. He's playing for Eccles at the time. He's playing for Eccles. He comes down the first two scrums. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'm not going to give him even the chance to beat me up. We're going to collapse it straight away. So first one collapsed, second one collapsed. We won two penalties and all of a sudden the ref is on my side. And after that, it was just walk, walk in the park because he can't be, he can't be aggressive. He can't, can't do anything really. At that point, it's one. Yeah, so like, there are things to be done. That's ge- very much the gamesmanship. But other than yeah. you, you in playoffs, JB, um, you hardly ever see it when you watch no, you lower level rugby. Hardly ever. So, so go, going back to the meeting, what what are your expectations and hopes? I don't know. I've never been to a meeting like this, 
like this before. Um, uh, my hope is, speaking to as many people as, as I've spoke to around the game in Lancashire, that the strength of feeling will still be high. Now, I think people have got been a bit fatigued with the whole thing now, and I think they're thinking, yeah, we'll just accept it, or you know, something will happen. Or, and I don't think it's going to be as heated as it would be if we did it two weeks ago. But hopefully there is going to be a lot of heat there. There's a lot of good senior rugby people there who will have a lot of views. And I think it will probably end up, hopefully, with us saying, no, you've got to, you're going to have to go back and redo this. I mean, I personally, even because I'm a little bit more unreasonable than, than other people, I want to see my councillors deselected anyway now. I mean, the more I think about it, the more incompetent the vote was. And it wasn't just the vote, it was the misunderstanding of the game, the misunderstanding of the players, who they're meant to represent, by the way. I mean, that's the biggest crime of all. They're meant to represent us. They're not here, I'm sorry to say, make the same points over and over again, to represent the future beneficiary who does not yet exist. The imaginary future beneficiary. I, I like that line from your uh, yeah. letter. But it's, exactly, it's exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> so th- that's not their job. It's to represent me and my friends and my club. Not the people that don't play it, nothing like that. And they didn't do their job. So because of that alone, I think they should go. I think they should all go. Uh, and that's what I'll be pushing for, uh, regardless of if they want to rescind it. I'd like to make them rescind it and then go. But I don't know what the... I mean, I don't know how much power we have. I have no real idea. I think the best chance at stopping it completely is forcing the RFU into an, into a special general meeting. Because yes, which, will, which where, will happen. And if that happens, it's not, this, this thing is not going through. Yeah, no, that is happening. That is 100% happening. There are enough clubs. That will happen. But I just want... I, I just think we need to sort... At a local level... What really boiled my blood this weekend is a friend of mine had hospitality with the with, with the council. And I had a few pictures of um, him and some of the councilmen. I'm like, these, these guys are living it up on our money, Right. On our money, and I'm fine for them to do that. I actually always think that the like the council job should almost be like a reward for good service to rugby. But as soon as you betray rugby, the the thought of them drinking on our money, having their little dinners and their tickets, it boils my blood because they've let us down and they've betrayed us all. So uh, they need to go regardless. They need to go. Uh, I think the biggest reason they, they needed to go is because they couldn't get in the public square and mount a muscular defence of rugby union. And that for me is criminal. That's why they've got. That's why they've got to go. If you can't mount that defence, let someone else who can do it. And I reckon when you look at the player participation numbers, you'll see like the ladies' game is doing fine. That's sort of growing. The men's game is dying. And I think one of the men's game is one of the reasons the men's game is dying is because nobody truly loves it. No one who cares truly loves it. And if you don't love it, how are you going to promote it? How are you, you going to argue for it? How are you going to make sure that people are coming down and remain enthused? At the moment, it's all, it's all negative, and that's because these guys who are in charge of the game really do not care about it. So they should move aside. Or at least they are, because uh, I think a lot of these people are really good rugby men. Were? I mentioned on, or I mentioned on last week's podcast. I that. tend to agree, and that's why no, it's so, so, so So what I'm saying is maybe it's that they, the lure of all of the trimmings that you get from that role was enough to be swayed by the people that were telling them what they should think. Yeah. Uh, do you know, one of the conundrums in my mind, which I can't get over, is people accuse these guys of being like, what, what do they say, 62 old farts or 54 mm. old farts or something like that, right? There's some derogatory to it. That was a Will Carling thing from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but that sort of still kind of yep. is the, you know, male, stale and pale or, you know, they're out of touch. Now, in my mind, that's actually a virtue because... I would like to think that we're sending these guys over to the council who remember the history of their club, remember who played before them, know who are playing now, know what's important. And maybe it's that intransigence um, to change which conserves the game. But for them to be so radical, it, 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 I just don't understand that. You, I don't think you can say that they are you know, um, you know, just out-of-touch old men in the way that they're painted and for them to sort of do this. That's why it's, it's, it's so surprising so to exactly me. Exactly. So the way it should operate is fight, if the RFU want to want to go off and be um, radical, yeah. say, and, and try and take progressive change, that's the role of the council just to go, whoa there. Yeah. Whoa there, we're representing people that play. That's it. The sport. It's so just, you know, actually, we're, we're telling you with one voice, 
no, just calm calm that a little bit. And then and then it's kind of the that's when you when you have that's how the distribution of powers work in America with, yeah. the, with the Senate and Congress and the, and the judiciary. And w- when one goes too far, the other two are there to pull them back. And that, that's the role of the council. And people say like, oh, it's a terrible way to govern the game. Well, in my mind, if they did their job properly, it'd be a great way to govern the game. Uh, so it, it leads me to think, are they there because they're good rugby people, as we keep on saying? I mean, some of them undoubtedly will be. Or are they there because they're just really good politicians? Like, did they, did they leverage their influence in the ladies game or the community game or the Lancashire diversity project I mean how is it that it has come to this who are these people and I think that needs some real scrutiny I, I think it is time served and it's almost like a um, there you go there's your reward for there's your reward for time served because yeah. I know two of them um, and uh, Terry Burwell one of the Hampshire councillors former Newbury DOR needs a really good guy and a guy that that uh, used to be a teacher, the, one of the Gloucestershire, one of the two Gloucestershire ones, is a guy that used to be my boss when I was a teacher, yeah. and he was he was always involved in England under twenties and or under eighteens and uh, for years and years. So he did lots of stuff in in the sport. So the, the, these guys have got really good rugby pedigree. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So there's a guy in Didsbury Talk H who is that classic sort of guy you'd want on the council because shows up to. Every, it shows up to the opening of everything, sorts everything out. Everything, you know, the trains run on time. You know, <laughs> everything is done. But he's a very reasonable man, and like you know, everything's going to be com- not compromised. Yeah, compromised. You know, somehow he manages to please everyone. Maybe that's the sort of individual you need to get. To cal- you don't need the unreasonable, um, boorish people such as myself. Maybe you need more <laughs> reasonable people. But that, is that reason that said, oh yeah, well, uh, well, guess we'll just keep all. All parties happy. Let's mm. vote this through. But I, I don't know. I can't understand how these people who are meant to represent us have come to this conclusion. So is the meeting on Wednesday more a chance for you to chat to more people from other clubs than it is to actually uh, address the room? And Yeah, well, I'm thinking of making like little fact sheets of, of, of my own and distributing them before the meeting as they come in. Just like, you know, hey, here is the actual facts. Here's what you need to know. Um, do with that what you will. Mm. You're not going to make some... Uh big tobacco posters oh say god that, say that the councilmen are like big tobacco yeah we, we won't we won't be doing that do you know do you know because there will be lots of appeals to authority from the councillors i imagine on wednesday night so don't forget to whenever to preface anything you say with if you want my full thoughts on this you can read my rugby pass article or listen to my interview with the scientist behind this move ross tucker <laughs> correct say correct. that first appeal to authority all over the shop well, yeah, I, I, I generally think that my conversation with ross tucker will probably make me the most qualified person in that room to discuss the science i imagine it would oh tim what have you done i've just accidentally turned on jb's foot warmer <laughs> <laughs> i have a foot warmer and, uh, in my office here when it turns gotta, into an office gotta keep the money makers exactly yeah, only fans. um because you know, the podcast is all about um, Six Nations and whatnot, did anything happen in Broughton Park under 14s this week? Under 15s. Under 15s, sorry. Played our local rivals, Trafford, Met- Trafford Metrovic. Don't like the tone of your voice. Uh, no, no, it, it was good. Do you know what we had? We had a Warrington Wolves scout at our game. Did you? Interesting. And what was what what was he what was he looking for? What did he like? So we have a couple of lads. Uh, we had a couple of lads from our team who went over and played with Waterhead? St Anne's in Anne's St Anne's in Oldham uh, rugby league team out of season, and then they obviously got on with those lads quite well. And the, a couple of rugby league lads have come to play for us, and so it's, it's quite a good little thing going on with the two clubs, mm. league and union. And um, so I don't know, I, I don't know if that's how this Warrington guy came to hear of it. But we've also just got into the Lancashire Cup semi-final, so it may have, the two things may have come together. Anyway, this Warrington Wolves guy was was at the game. Did he say hello? Uh, yeah, was he was he picking your brains on who's good, who's bad? Well, I was refereeing, so I didn't really uh, have the chance. I, 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 he, he was chatting to um, chatting to some other people, but anyway, um, but no, it was good because because we had the Lancashire Cup quarterfinals last weekend. We, we called up our local rivals and said, right, we've got you've got a big squad, we've got a big squad. Should we have a game where we give lots of minutes to the guys that yeah mm. were on on the fringe? So we did three did, did a game in thirds. The final third was first team, first team. And the first two were sort of testing the depth of the squad, getting some minutes, playing people in new positions, trying some new combinations out. Anyway, 52-0. Two. Two Broughton Park. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, Easy. 
what, but, what lovely what a lovely end, end, end to that story so Rafi Quirks Broughton Park against Steve Diamond's Trafford Naturally <laughs> <laughs> only, only one winner um, <laughs> so good bunch of lads I'm glad you started off with um, a bit of a rugby league tale because there is some rug- more rugby league news in local rugby did you see the team that Wigan put out this Wigan week Wigan first yes. team in level 7 7 yeah so they are the league adjacent to us so what was it? this was inside centre Sean O'Loughlin yeah. Owen Farrell's uncle yes Former of course Wigan it legend. is, yeah. It is, yeah. Former Wigan legend. Uh, and outside centre, Terry... No, Thomas Lulawai. Tom, Thomas Lulawai. Or Lu... Is it Lulawai? Lu, Lu, uh, not entirely sure. I would say Lulawai. Okay. But I'm not going to say it again, because Lulawai might be someone completely different. No, no, no. Lulawai. Lulawai, yeah. Thomas Lulawai. But, but another Wigan legend. Yeah. So, so Lulawai, maybe, maybe Lulawai. Yeah. Two Wigan yeah. Rugby League legends playing for... Wigan Rugby Union. So what happened is their sons play like the under whatever it is level, and you know they were drafted in to help the first team. Not that it did help much. Uh, Lunoi scored a try, but Eccles prevailed by two points. Really? Yeah, Eccles Fair turned play. them over. But we um, had we played against Martin Gleeson and Sean Long not so long ago, and they played for Oral. Mm. So they stepped down and went to Oral. Um, and obviously Gleeson well but and Long because Long was coaching at Quinns for a while wasn't he that's yeah. right yeah Gleeson obviously Wasps and England well Long had a little stint at so, Preston yeah um, yeah yeah Silver City Reds he did something with Danny Cipriani whether that was at Wasps or Sale I can't really remember but you could be seeing Sean O'Loughlin and Lulu Wiley uh, seeking um, some uh, rugby union defence coach money well, I mean that is the the natural progression of things. Mm. Isn't yeah. It? Um, uh, w- one uh, one local uh, result I did see, like Sedgley Park didn't play, but their top of the table rivals in in National Two North filed did did play filed and filed lost. Did they? Ooh. Who was that against? I, uh, I didn't I didn't check. Was it Otley? Wow. So let's, let's that, that put Sedge in control. Is that right? So yeah. So I think I'll, I'll just double check now because. Uh, even though Sedgley unbeaten and filed up to that point and only lost to Sedgley, filed were top of the league because they had um, plenty of bonus points, more bonus points, but also um, a game in hand at that point. So yeah, Otley, away at Otley. Tough place to go away at Otley. Um, That's a proper old rugby club, isn't it, Otley? It is. It's, it is. It's cool going there. Um, is it as cool as Furswood Waterloo? Because that's one of my favourite places to go. It, it's that kind of place. Is it? If, um, Otley has the famous North of England in the 70s or 80s beat the All Blacks at, uh, at Otley. That's quite cool. And they used to and have... it's hosted a World Cup game as well. Is it anywhere near the Otley Run? Uh, well, the Otley Run is north, so that's Headingley. It's If you follow that road yeah. for another, oh, I don't know, 10 miles, 15 miles. 15 miles of drinking? <laughs> now... The pub's in the centre of Headingley. There's a pub every 100 metres. Mm-hmm. As you get closer, further away from Headingley, you're probably talking a few miles be- between pubs. Well, you know, get, get the steps in. I'm sure back in the, like, the, 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 the 1990 sort of era, I'm sure there was a, one of the England players was Otley. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Um, Cedric did play, actually. They beat, beat Sheffield Tigers. So that puts Sedgley. So Sedgley are now top, but only by one point, even though Sedgley are unbeaten and Fylde have now lost two. Sedgley are only one point ahead. I did love that. So the, the the England team that got to the 1991 World Cup final, there were players, as when they were playing for England, like Wade Dooley was Preston Grasshoppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool. Because that, cool. that was obviously before the Premiership, yeah. um, as we know it now. So, well, and, yeah. befo- and before professionalism. So they'd have had to go to play for County, and County they'd go to North, North, North. England, and then North England they get selected for the uh, in- English team, which is mm. an old school way of doing it. Well, Very I lost my nice first league game since 2019. Did you? Oh, I did. Does that mean you're in trouble against the, like, the, the metropolitan, densely populated, massive uh, catchment area of Didsbury is, go- is head-to-head in a top of the table tussle with the parish of Tarleton well let me let, let me explain our situation so we went to Aspel this weekend mm. and no word of a lie um, we lost by I think well we needed three tries to come back into it so we, we got roundly hammered it was like 34 
14 or something, right? Oh, you said you were missing a few boys. Yeah, but my view is if you pull on the Tok H first team shirt, yeah. that's, it. that's the first team. I have no time for these teams that whinge about their availability. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, the boys, that, the boys that played are the first team. That's the end of it. So we got roundly hammered. Uh, Aspel had some of the best players I've seen at this level in a long, long time. What positions? Their first, yeah, so we knew we were in trouble when they got the ball, they come on at, you know, they come on the ball at incredible speed, and all of a sudden their 13 stopped dead, looked over his shoulder, threw like a double miss pass over, the, over our on-rushing on defence into the hands of this winger and just screeches in. And I'm like, oh... That's a problem. That was quite good. Yeah, that was really quite special. <laughs> and then the next try that we conceded, oh, then, uh, then we went and scored. So we had, when we could, when, you couldn't pin them down. So when we had the ball, we weren't too bad. Mm-hmm. There was no jackal threat. There's nothing, nothing like, uh, like that. We, we had the uh, line outs, line out drive, scrums. Everything went reasonably okay. We worked our way uh, to get to, like, I think we went ahead at one, uh, at one stage. Um and then their winger got the ball. And now this winger scores. I can't remember if he scored one or two. Or may, he might have got a hat-trick, actually. So his second try, he just dances around everyone and scores. I'm like, this mm. guy is very good. He cannot have the ball again. Third try, he chases a kick um, to, to, to the corner. Like, crossfield kick, score. And he pulls his hamstring. If he hadn't pulled his hamstring, I think we'd have been in the red by about 50 points. Wow. I, I mean, that's how that's how serious... It was 31-13 what what, was the final result. Ah, uh, so yeah, we missed both of our conversions. So what, um, what, what kind of player was he? Was he big? Fast, steppy. Yeah. So the thing with Aspel is they have a load of lads who play rugby league. Yeah. And this weekend was a preliminary round of the Challenge Cup, so they're actually missing a few. So they've got this like phase of the season where they're incredibly strong. Yeah. And they put in a lot of work, I think, in keeping these rugby league lads in. And you can just tell by the way that they play. But yeah, so the loose head yeah. prop was like ex Wigan, I think he's ex I think he, I want to say ex Wigan. The thirteen is ex Wigan Warriors, like seven appearances, mm-hmm. Gateshead Thunder. Um, you know, just proper, proper good players. But the thing is, you must have been at least comforted by looking at the other results from the league when you realised you'd lost. Well, mean, top, top of the table. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. I think it's Red Rocks where uh, West Park St. Helens play, uh, led by the legendary Paul Arnold. Arnie. And, of course, Mo- uh, Morris Fosse-Valou turned over Tarleton. Nice. So we have done you a favour. They've done us a huge favour, and apparently they won with a last, uh, the last kick of the game, fifty metre penalty. Wow! wow. So absolute scenes. So were you However, texting, texting Ar- Arnie. Well, yeah, I, I I call him after every game to yeah. see how they've done. <laughs> However, Ooh. Tarleton and Didsbury Talk H are, are in a tussle at the top of the table, but it's not just a two-way tussle now. Oh this, no! This oh, might no. be one of the most exciting leagues in all of. Domestic rugby in England because going away to Warrington, a proper oh, this is like couldn't get a more rugby league, rugby union match. Warrington 19, Liverpool St Helens 23 puts Liverpool St Helens with a game in hand over Didsbury, level on points with Didsbury, right? Yes, yeah, so game wow. in hand, yeah, well, well, it gets worse, right? So, yes, that is absolutely true. That is a thing, thing that happens. So, Andy Northey's Liverpool St Helens, yeah, are playing Axe us this weekend. Oh, that's a hell of a game. Yeah, and then weekend after that, we've got Tarleton, and Aspel are fairly confident that the squad that they've finally got together are going to stay together. Aspel have got both Tarleton and LSH at home, and LSH have still got to play Tarleton. <sighs> Permutations everywhere. So we're not out of it. We're just nowhere near as comfortable as we hope to be. And when when does your when does the season conclude? Six six games time. Twenty fifth of March. No, no. When does my rugby career? <laughs> six games uh, time. No, JB does not. JB's uh, Disbury Talk H does not have a game on the final weekend of games. The final uh, weekend, Liverpool St Helens and Tarleton are playing. Disbury Talk H. That's when their extra game isn't played. So your JB's final game is on Super Saturday. I know. Oh, I know. Tell you what, this is one of the best. Are you going to have to not go? Are we going to have to not go away and come to Didsbury Talk H for a massive rugby union bender instead? Well, we might have. We might exactly have to. Do that. <laughs> also, I've got to get a unseaworthy boat onto the water by April fourth, so I might not be able to spare any weekends. Any, anyway, weekends cash, weekends cash, anything, have anything. You got, have you so, got your so, boat insured yet? Oh no. <laughs> so final weekend. So it could come down to this. Well, no, so the final weekend um, for Didsbury. 
the penultimate weekend for the league. Oh, also, I think Widnes have got to play LSH, and Widnes have yeah. got great guns. I was going to say, uh, Widnes go to LSH, uh, Tarleton go to Aspel, who just beat you, and you're at home to Sefton, who look like they're a team that you should beat. I'm not saying anything, because one of the things the Aspel have said is, you said on your podcast, you've got Aspel and then two big games. Uh, should never have said that, and I apologise. Shouldn't for have it. said that. So yeah, so you know, I tell you what, was that printed out and pinned up in Pod- the podcast, podcast that podcast <laughs> that. Well, there you go. So I think Widness, uh, Widness seem like they're doing awesome at the moment, and they can play beautiful rugby. So I think that they will do LSH. I don't know how Tarleton LSH pan out. We just need to beat LSH, and LSH are going to have their hands full against Aspel if Aspel come out with the sort of performance that they did against us. So what? What a league! I tell you what, if you're not talking, if you're talking about Six Nations this weekend and not ADM level <laughs> seven, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I really don't. Before we depart this, I just need to find out how uh, how my boys got on. Marlow, how did Marlow go? Uh, see, I've been so engrossed with level seven this weekend. Yeah, big win. again. Forty four twelve against Milton Keynes. Have that. Have that. That uh, is if I'm, that's three three on the bounce for Marlow. Four out of the last five. Uh, and in the table, that means Marlow in the so, count- counties one tribute, Southern North a second. <laughs> Chinna three. Chinna three are ahead of them. Oh, I hate Chinna three. Um, Aylesbury didn't even play. So oh, I was just looking up Aylesbury's fixtures. Yeah, we can't really talk, talk about them this this week. Never mind. Good that's stuff. It. Right, that's, that's the rugby you really care about. If you really want to bother, God, uh, if you listen to, to this first, nations. if you really want to talk about Six Nations <sighs> and all that, then uh, fine. Otherwise, nice one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 